you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 29. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, the Lord desires a people of vision, a people that have vision hold to vision, have heart for vision, a people that contend and fight for vision. And there is no greater vision than the vision of the Lord. Throughout the Word of God, we read of how the Lord moved upon people, how He moved upon a people, called and commissioned directed concerning vision to build his kingdom, to further his kingdom, to bring the very kingdom of heaven to earth. That a people be blessed and prosper in the earth. We understand that receiving vision is one thing. And then, there comes devotion to the vision, a setting of the heart, focus and determination to work. One must contend. One must fight. We read the words found in the fourth chapter of the book of Nehemiah, reading from the Voice Bible. We returned to building focused and determined to work as one people. You know, it's still true, church, that where there is unity, there is the commanded blessing of God. Vision, the fulfillment and realization has preface. There is the work of vision, there is the perseverance of vision. There is the test of vision. And there is the battle for vision. Habakkuk 2, verses 1 to 3, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You know, vision is worked out. And vision is walked out. Not realized yet? Fair enough. And yet every stroke of the hammer and every step is gaining ground. These are part of the vision realized now. Every vision has its foundation. 
And every vision has its building stones. Stone upon stone. The great men and women in the Bible that received vision from the Lord wanted whatever vision the Lord would have for them. That was the cry of their heart. What's your vision, Lord? Not that the Lord would sanction their own vision, but that the Lord would reveal to them His vision. I wonder what the vision of the Lord would be for us. There is general vision for the people of God. That his people be righteous and holy. This is the vision of the Lord. That his people live as a living sacrifice. General vision that the people of God be of good character. That they shine as light in a dark old world. That they lead godly lives and build godly homes. That they stand for truth in this generation and raise a truth-filled generation. All part light. Rid of the gray. There is specific vision for the individual concerning personal calling and destiny in God. Education, occupation, business, ministry, these, and their usefulness for kingdom purposes. Specific vision for the couple, specific vision for the family, specific vision for the church. Hear the words of the Lord today, the New King James Version, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. The Amplified Bible, and the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. The Living Bible, and the Lord said to me, Write my answer on a billboard large and clear, so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell the others. And reading from the message paraphrase, and then God answered, write this, write what you write it out big, write it out in big block letters, so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. You know, when Jesus was on earth, he wrote vision on tablets. Matthew 4, verses 18 and 19, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, 
follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Vision. Or what of the woman caught in adultery? What kind of vision did the Lord deliver to her that day right on her heart? Well, John 8, verse 11, Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, there's a vision to run with. Hear the word of the Lord today. Go and sin no more. Jesus gave people vision. There were times when Jesus had to remind people of vision. A people that had lost their way. We read scriptures like Mark eleven seventeen, and he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? What do you mean, remind them? Well, we back up in the book, Isaiah 56, 7. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Jeremiah 7, verse 11, Is this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. Adam and Eve, what a vision. There in the beginning, what a vision given unto them by God. And the serpent came to destroy. I remember a specific time in my life when a man asked me what my vision was. He was looking for a concise and precise statement. Short, not long-winded. I won't lie. I've never liked the question. Will the answer please the man? Will it be sufficient? Will it be underwhelming? Would it cause him to get on board or would it bore him? If it was the vision of the Lord, would it be embraced or would it be rejected if it wasn't in line with self-agenda? What's your vision, Lord? Vision. Well, let's let Jesus answer today. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Clear enough? 
Hey, Jesus, what's your vision statement? Clear enough? Jesus spoke the vision and he wrote the vision. He made it plain on tablets. The tablets of the hearts of his disciples, these living stones. And he wrote in such a manner that he may run who reads it. This is our vision statement given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I ask today, is this not what we are living for, no matter our flow of life, no matter where the Lord has placed us in the field of the earth, education, occupation, business, and so on? The heart of the Savior is that this vision be written on the tablets of our hearts, that this vision be made plain in us, that he may run who reads it as plain as day, as clear as day. Big block letters, a billboard large and clear, that disciples be made of old and young from every nation, tribe, and tongue, that they be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, that they be taught to observe all things commanded of the Lord, that this generation go and run and bless the heart of God. And the generations to come, should the Lord tarry. Without vision, the people perish. The Lord knew it was true. That's why we need His vision. To get inside the borders of His vision. That we not perish. That the next generation not perish. Parents, a family, a home without the vision of the Lord. And how soon that family perishes. The vision, the commission that the Lord Jesus gave his disciples was both personal and collective. Go. Run with this vision. People of God, it's our time in history. It's our day. These days the Lord has given us. I'm so thankful for those that have gone before us. Even this house and this ministry a vision established of the Lord. And how we stand decades into the future. What a miracle. All that the Lord has done. Countless lives rescued. Saved, pulled from the clutches of sin and death. People provided for in this nation and in the nations of the world. Sons and daughters, generations that have grown strong in the Lord, that stand as pillars in the house of God. I'm so thankful 
There are some in this room this morning. They've been a part of this house for many, 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 many years. I say thankful, thankful I am, and thank you for your faithfulness, how you've sowed seed all these years, how you've stood in the gap and prayed prayers, how you didn't crack in your time, and how now you're willing to support a generation on the rise. I thank you. What beautiful words in this song. We have only one life, and it soon will pass. And only what's done for Christ will last. Jesus, you can use me, Lord. Riches and houses, cars and lands will all pass away, but my life will stand. Jesus, you can use me, Lord. For your glory. For your glory, you can use me, Lord. There was a man named Joseph, a dreamer, a visionary. It's an incredible story how the Lord placed this man exactly where he needed him. The exact time he needed him. A time was coming and was at hand, a time of famine. Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, had dreamed dreams, and there was no one in the land that could interpret them. Genesis 41, verses 14 to 16, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. You know, church visionaries know that place. <laughs> And he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Give honor where honor is due. Pharaoh told Joseph his dreams, verses 25 to 41. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. And the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise. And all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice, because the thing is established by God. And God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. 
Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve, a supply for the land, for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. By the Spirit of the Lord today, it's a time of natural and spiritual famine. It's time to gather, time to store up, that there be a reserve and a supply in the storehouse, that people would not perish, that people would be provided for, that people would be taught the ways of the Lord, that they would be shown the kindness and supply of the greater Joseph that we might fulfill the great commission outlined by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He commands his disciples today, collective and personal, on both levels. Go, run with the vision, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command. I'm with you, says the Lord. Let's fulfill the call of James chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? And what a Matthew 25, 35 to 40 For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer. He will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The vision of the Lord. Jesus spoke of the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, beginning at verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, 
Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds. I mean, he got involved. Pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. It is not for us to pass by on the other side. It's a time for passion, a time for compassion. He who shows mercy. It's a time to see and to feel. A time to bandage wounds, to pour on oil and wine, to lift them up, to provide a means of transport, to bring them to the inn, to take care of the ones fallen among thieves, stripped, wounded, half dead. It's a time to show mercy. I'm so thankful for the great faithfulness of our God, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is working. The vision is happening. He is using people to see the vision through. Church, let us know today what the Lord is working because of the provision gathered into this storehouse. The gospel is being preached. The brokenhearted are being healed. Captives are being delivered. Blind eyes are opening. The bruised are being set free. 
Dead things are coming to life. Disciples are being made in this nation. Disciples are being made in the nations the Lord has given us. India, Africa, Sri Lanka, the Philippines, and so on. I've stood in those lands and witnessed the work of the Lord. Thank you. Men and women, young and old, pulled from the clutches of death and evil, set free, addiction broken, the coming out of darkness. They are being baptized, and they are being filled with the Holy Ghost. They are being taught and trained in churches, in training centers, to observe the commandments of the Lord. Widows and orphans are being provided for. I've stood as a witness. Churches and training centers and outreaches are being built. Gospel materials are being printed and are being distributed. An army is rising up in this house. Sons and daughters of God Almighty, the children, the youth, the young men and women, the old men and women. You know, in a time of famine, the Lord has a preparation. And the Lord has a people with the wisdom of the greater Joseph, a people ruled according to his word. Let's gather supplies. Let's bring the tithes and the offerings and the alms into the storehouse for the work of the Lord. You know, our finances can go places we might never go and accomplish the work of the Lord. Let's pour out. For the Lord has blessed us to be a blessing. Let's take on service for the work of the Lord. Let's run with the vision. Let's keep filling this storehouse with worship and prayer. Let's hold the line in this generation. Even the vision of the Lord concerning his house, that he would first have his house be called a house of prayer. I wonder, are you running with that vision? Keep filling the bowls. Let's fill this house with love and the kindness of Jesus. Let's build focused and determined to work as one people. I believe the Lord is calling us to this. Let compassion flow and passion burn. Things will change in this nation and in this city and in the places God has given to us when we let compassion flow and passion burn. And when passion burns for the Lord, compassion will flow. And the very work of God Almighty, Christ, in our world. Is this not how Jesus lived? Compassion. He felt it. He was moved with compassion 
and compassion flowed. Passion burned for the Father's will and kingdom. He was consumed with zeal, consumed with zeal for the house of God. Lord, make me like your son. I want to be like Jesus. You know, Jesus was focused and determined. And he's our great example. Nehemiah 4 6, we returned to building, focused and determined to work as one people. Praise the Lord. Can have the worship team return today. I humbly share these words. The words of David Wilkerson. Often Satan will attack you in order to stop a great work for God. He will put enemies in a league together just to hinder your labors. They will come against you in unison, trying to discount the minister in order to stop the ministry. You can be sure of this. If you are on a divine mission, if you are called to do a work for the Lord and are busy fulfilling that calling, trusting in Jesus, none of their plots will work against you. Nehemiah was called by God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The work was progressing wonderfully, with the walls going up steadily. Satan suddenly stirred up a hornet's nest to hinder it all. Four prominent leaders joined in a plot against Nehemiah. They sought to do me mischief, Nehemiah 6.2. Four times these leaders set a trap. They called out to Nehemiah, come down off your wall. We want to have a conference with you. We insist you talk to us. But four times, Nehemiah answered, I'm not coming down off these walls. I have work to do here because God has ordained me to do it. See Nehemiah 6.3. Beloved, you cannot get involved in arguing with people just because they want to argue. It's all meant to be a distraction. You must go on with God's work. The reason Satan comes against your prayer life, your consecration to God, your walk with him, isn't just to bring you down. He also wants to ruin the ministry God has given you. He wants to destroy anything you're doing that brings glory to God. You see, the enemy is a visionary. He's got a plan. And he does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. These four VIPs started a rash of rumors against Nehemiah. They claimed 
You're doing this for yourself, not for God. One of them, Tobiah, sent slanderous letters to other leaders in Israel. All the slander, plotting, and snares were designed to put fear into Nehemiah's heart in hope that he would get discouraged and run. Nehemiah sums up the scheme in verse 13. He was hired that I should be afraid, that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. But none of these snares, none of those snares could stop the work of God. Scripture states, so the wall was completed. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Verses 15 and 16. Let's run with the vision of the Lord. Let's be focused and determined to work as one people. We are in this together. Whatever role we play, the harvest is being gathered for the glory of God. John 4, verse 35. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Vision Offering Sunday. So many blessed because of the generosity of this house. Thank you for the loaves and the fishes. Your Savior is thankful. Thank you for the two mites and for the proceeds from the sale. For the sacrificial giving that Jesus be exalted. That mercy flow that the kingdom of our King prosper in the earth. Thank you. One day when we stand on the other side, perhaps we will meet those whom we've touched, having never known in this life that we made any impact at all. But we surrender unto the Lord, and we ask Him to put vision on our hearts. Lord, we need your general vision and your specific vision flowing in our lives and in our world. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today. The Lord is building rock upon rock vision on tablets, living stones. Let's ask the Lord to use us today. Let's ask the Lord to use us for his glory, that his kingdom would prosper in the earth. Lord, vessels for your honor. I pray, Lord, that you would put your compassion inside of us, that passion would flow for your kingdom. Lord, that we would come back today if we are outside of vision, if we are without vision, Lord, I pray that we would heed the word that without vision people perish. 
And today we would surrender once again. Coming to the borders of vision. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory, God. We give you glory, Lord.